everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 584. This is kind of, um, it's been delayed by a week because uh, last week uh, we decided to take a quick break because uh, lots of people are busy and doing stuff and we figured uh, it was a bit impromptu of a break as well. So I hope you were too uh, bereft of your fix of Sonic Talk. Sonic Talk, of course, is a music technology podcast, a weekly show. We talk mostly weekly, apart from last week, uh, where we talk about music technology, we talk about uh, software, we talk about synthesizers, electronic instruments, modular synthesis, controllerism, live production, anything to do with all of that stuff. So uh, sit back and enjoy. We've got a couple of guests this week and also want to point out we've also got... Uh, a sponsor in terms of you could win a copy of Neutron 3 Advanced, I might I might say. Um, we're looking for, so I won't, oh, actually, I, be, I better not do that. I'm going to save that till later, although you're going to probably see that now. Um, there will be a competition where you can win a copy of Neutron 3 Advanced. Um, thank you to our friends for uh, letting us do that. Anyway, let's say uh, hello to uh, everybody in the chat room. We've got our YouTube chatties. Remember, if you subscribe to the channel, uh, you should get a notification when we go live. We often go live sort of 20 minutes beforehand, so it gives you time to grab a cup of tea. Uh, tell your boss you're going, uh, you're working on something not to be disturbed, or however you do it. And we've also got IRC uh, links at sonicstate.com forward slash live. So let's say hello to our guests. Uh, well, let's start with Mr. Matthew Hodson, because we haven't seen him for ages. Matt has been uh, well, he's an educator working in Brighton at BIMS. And of course, this time of year, you're probably evaluating all your students' creative output. So every week it's been, sorry, I'm in a, a what do they call them, evaluation meetings? Or I don't uh, know. Exam boards. Exam boards, essentially. So, yeah, we're looking, we look at all the student grades and sign them off, essentially. So actually this Friday, they all go out to the students so they'll all know what they've got. So, yeah, I've been busy doing that, amongst other things. Um, played a gig last Saturday at the Brighton Modular Festival here in Brighton, yeah. which was excellent. And big shout-out to everyone who put all that on um, for the Brighton Modular Session crew as well. That was really good. Um, and, I, yeah, I just did a hard kind of modular techno set there. So bit, been busy with that. Also, I'm in the middle of packing up my studio. You can't see, but the other side of the camera is basically cables and all my equipment basically which is all starting to get packed up and put into boxes and things like that for a studio move so you can imagine what that's like with cabling and mm. all that kind of thing yeah, I, I don't know if you, are you a bit like me have you got a box of cables that you've kept since you was about 15 and and they're just like old computer cables that you're never going to use but you think i'll oh, just hang on to them just in case have you got one of those boxes i've got several what? in fact i can offer i can I, they're the places that's when you go to car boot sales i always gravitate towards the people who've got one of those because i've thought think hmm they might have some other knickknacks in there and stuff that might be really useful so yeah i i would agree yeah that is just one of those things i hate to think uh how many you know lots of other people have i mean i used to i used to have in fact i used to have like a, about 30 or 40 foot of uh, 24 way multi core in the attic as well because I didn't want to throw it away. It's just like, no way, man. I can't, you know, which were tails that went from uh, we used to have a, two, a, a 3M 24 track in the studio and I couldn't bring myself to chuck that stuff away. But it weighed an absolute yeah. ton. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. I did sell it to somebody or gave it to somebody in the end who had a need. So, yeah, I'm trying to be ruthless and chuck out stuff I'm just not using. I've got. I've got a pile over there of about 30 USB cables that I'm just not using, you know, so it's like anyone, anyone need a USB cable, let me know. I'll just post it out to you, basically. Um, USB by post. Yeah, USB by post. 
selling, just going to be selling like a few foot pedals and just various bits that I just haven't turned on for a while. I think, I think it's good sometimes when you have a bit of a declutter and you just kind of um, downsize a little bit sometimes can be inspiring to work within with, with a smaller amount of equipment anyway. And I'm finding I'm, I'm pretty much stuck in this world more than anything at the moment. So yeah, just, just downsizing and, and reorganizing and all that kind of thing. Well, perhaps uh, we'll get onto that a little bit later because a couple of our topics are kind of linked to all of that business. And uh, we also say hello to Mr. Yoad Nevo, uh, who is there in his facility. Uh, I imagine, uh, now, if we're talking about a box of cables, I imagine you've probably got, like, garages full of them at the outskirts of London in your sort of storage facilities. I have quite a few, and today uh, my assistant and I, Joel, uh, we're going through another box of cable that was left from the from the move we every time another one emerges and as we were <coughs> going through the cables we both said oh this could be handy oh this could be handy and, and i told him that's how you get to have so many boxes full of like old usb connectors and kind of things that serial c- cables and and god knows what that maybe one day will be become useful for something i don't know what <laughs> yeah well I know what you mean. I'm saying I've got like S video stuff. Uh, I should point out, Yoa Navo, of course, uh, producer, mixer, and there he is in his facility in London. Also works with Waves, uh, developing plugins for them too. So, uh, and I forgot to say, Matt Hodson, of course, Maths, Maths, Maths artist, uh, Maths, Maths, Maths dot com. So check that out because he's on a roll at the moment. So um, yeah, I mean, for summer, I mean, another reason we didn't have a show last week is because this time of year it's sometimes hard to. Uh, to find topics and it seems to be everybody now really tries to hit the sweet spots during the year you know so you get uh the spring and then from september onwards up to christmas and it's usually july august months maybe end of june you know people tend to sort of think now nah, you get software sales that's kind of it a lot but but we found we've managed to bring some topics together and, and two of them are kind of linked to uh, to what you were talking about matt so if i start with uh, this one hello and welcome obviously. to another sonic lab this is a bit uh, meta, we've got obviously. another visit from simon stokes from shugel studios in glasgow who's an ableton certified trainer you might remember Simon very kindly came down and showed us uh, the Wavetable synthesizer, which mm-hmm. was the sort of yep. last big point release, wasn't it, with uh, Ableton Live. That's right. And now with 10.1, there's a new uh, CV Tools pack, which is, it, what is that exactly? Um, it's coming out soon. It's a pack of Macs, to li- Macs for Live devices, which basically let you integrate your modular or other analog hardware with, with your live setup. Right. Yeah, I, I think I'll cut there because that felt like a pretty good summary. Uh, obviously, you need uh, this is a free pack, Max for Live, uh, and it, what's really interesting about it is it integrates very tightly. I mean, it, it feels like they are Max for Live devices, so you need suite, but it feels like they're just regular devices. In fact, they could—I guess they could have been really. I mean, if they if they get to the point where you can compile Max and just have it run as a as a runtime thing, rather, which I suppose that's what they've done in Ableton Live. But it enables you, if you've got a DC coupled interface, to, to you calibrate to you know, we there's been a lot about it, but it was it's been sort of trailed for a while and now it's out and it's free. And it really does make a huge difference to the way that you can integrate with modular. Um, and it's a very interesting it's not new because we've seen it with a silent way. And I, I can't remember, there was Motu many, many, many moons ago. We're talking mm-hmm. probably 15, yeah. 20 years ago. They pre- Yeah, they had a product. I can't yeah, remember what they're... it was called, but we had it. And it was massively CPU heavy, but it would do the same thing. DC coupled outputs, because Motu have had DC coupled outputs on there. Can you remember what it was called? I really can't remember. No, I, I can't. I can't but remember. I, wa- I really wanted to get one, 
but then I didn't for some reason. Uh, yeah. So maybe now, maybe now is the time to go to to take that route. Yeah, you know, well, when everything, so. all the devices are more compatible and the the hosts are more kind of open to things like that. It's actually still quite, I mean, there are still, you know, lots of interfaces that come out. We saw the, the recent Focusrite Scarlet uh, Mark 3s or version 3s, which are focusing on the, they're kind of like increasing the specifications of the ins and outs. They don't, they're not DC coupled, um, but so you'd have to use it with something like a silent way. So they're, le and I was talking to the guys at Presonus because they've got these big, uh, was it, or, or maybe it's RME, might have been RME actually, they've got these really big, uh, um, interfaces which they don't have dc coupled inputs and outputs because i think inputs is harder because you need to filter to protect the, DC, the mic pre. so if you're on class yeah. a's you don't want to be putting control voltages mm -hmm. into them because it can so it's not as easy as all of that um well if i come to you first matt because uh, or second uh, or next even <laughs> uh, i mean i'm guessing are you you're in that yeah. world aren't you you're you are you using yeah. dc coupled outputs and, and integrating into your modular stuff so I've been the way I've been using it recently. I've, I've got the expert sleep, as you mentioned, these the FH2 interface, which um, allows you to. It's got a micro USB input or USB C rather, and uh, that I've got an expander on that, which gives me 16 in total triggers or CVs or LFOs or whatever, and it's very small. So I'm basically sending all that information over USB, and it it works brilliantly. Um, the other way I'm using it is with this, with the Percussor SSP. I don't know if you can see that. My microphone's in the way a little bit. Yeah, we've well, been doing a series on that. You're a kind of uh, what an endorsing. Uh, I would, I would say, perhaps a product specialist there. Well, yeah, I'm, I've, I've been enjoying it, and actually, I'm, I'm just uh, seven o'clock tonight. I'm doing a, a, another video on this where I'm actually looking at how this becomes a USB audio interface, um, which you can stream audio to and from it. It becomes a sound card as well, um, but I'm. I'm, in the video, I'm actually showing how I'm using CV tools with this all via USB. So what's quite interesting is these, these are DC-coupled uh, inputs and outputs, so I'm actually able to send stuff into that and then back out of that into other places in in the modular. So I've got a ton of ins and outs that I'm using if I want to use the, the Percussor and the FH2. But that's how I'm working. I don't have a DC-coupled sound card as such, except for the for the SSP. Um, I don't have a Focusrite. um and everything else is in a box at the minute. So um, so I'm using it like that. But um, I have to say that the whole kind of integration thing is brilliant. You hit the nail on the head. The fact that they've made these look like Ableton plugins is great. From my point of view, being someone who, who grew up using Max MSP, I'd love to be able to open these up like you would do with a normal Max for Life plugin and start pulling them apart um, and, you know, injecting a bit of, um, bit of stuff in there that I'd want them to do. I mean, it comes with you've got the you've got the instrument, you've got triggers, you've got utilities, you've got clocks. Everything seems to be pretty tight. Um, I've done, I've ran stuff for a long time using all the clocks and the triggers, and everything seems to be as tight as possible. Well, certainly tight enough for me anyway, in, for for what I'm doing and what have you. So, in terms of um, that actual syncing a DAW up with the hardware or vice versa actually is working better than ever and I, I remember maybe five or six years ago this was still a real struggle just to get software and, and modular clocks you know as tight as you can get them basically particularly if you're using maybe drums you might just be using a kick drum or something from inside um, Bitwig or Ableton or Logic or whatever 
to have that synced up nice and tightly with your your hardware was a real was you know it was never right it was never quite right but this is as tight as it's it's got for me i'm um, yeah, I think this is a real cool step forward. And it being a free upgrade, happy days, you know, hats off to them. Done a yeah, good job, it's, yeah, it's a really smart move. I mean, it's really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. The only thing the only thing I would say about it is I would really like to be able to say if you've got a multi-port audio interface or an aggregate, you just, just say, you know, CV tools will always go to these and you don't have to then go external outputs and then select the addition. Yeah, that would be nice. But one thing that's yeah. really cool about it is you can put all of these things on a single track and then have them addressing individual separate hardware outputs from within that track, which is so you could have a, a CV tools only track, I guess. And have, yeah, it's really interesting. That I didn't realize that at first. And I had multiple tracks open, one for each kind of instrument. And then dawned on me, actually, all these can go in one track, save up a load of space and just route them out to the various okay. outputs. Yeah. And sometimes I got a little bit confused as well, because I might have actually <clears throat> Uh, I might have accidentally sent CV triggers out of an audio output and then suddenly you can hear the audible triggering and clicks and CV voltage that's being sent, uh, which was, it sounded a bit sort of glitchy and things like that. But it could also mind your your speakers. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I know you're, you're not, um, you, you do have some modular stuff and I know you use it for kind of processing. I mean, is there... We've, I'm sure we've talked about this before. I mean, is there a point at which integration makes it, brings it into your more regular everyday workflow? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, after, at the end of the day, we, we sit in front of a screen with a mouse. And, uh, and, and that's quite, I'm quite used to that. I'm, I'm happy doing that, especially for, for stuff which, which allows you, which you need a timeline for. And that's the only way to, to do it. Uh, you can have all the step sequences and all that, but sometimes you need to arrange stuff and not having it just running in loops and, and things like that. And if you try to mod- modulate the steps and stuff like that, you, you, it, it starts to become quite random. And uh, if you want absolute control over the arrange and you want to use stuff which spans across the whole track rather than just loops that you sample and, and, and you know slot in, um then definitely the screen is is the best solution for for those things and i think it's great seeing those two worlds integrate and and become uh yeah a, a kind of a more transparent way of working with it um obviously you still have the option and i think i have a few modules, modules like that 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 will receive MIDI and convert it to controller to I mean control data and, and receive it and convert it to uh, CV and gates so that's quite quite handy too and I've, I've even started I have this module I'm I don't remember who by um, which allows you to have um, 12 different clock outputs from like the first 12 MIDI channels and um, and what I thought of doing is programming in logic, like in the default song or the template song, tracks which are hidden, but one is set to quarter notes, half notes, and so forth, like 12 divisions, including triplets and, and what, what have you. And they, they just run all the time. And then you pick from the 12 outputs on the actual module, you pick the ones that you want, and then you can trigger envelopes and, and things like that. So for for which is 
you know, for what I'm not doing with it, it's it, it's enough. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Because I, 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 I'm just, I just don't have the time to, to mess with it. And I recently got uh, the Matrix Brute, which makes it even more simple, you know, simple because you just have 16 destinations that you can feed to, to, your, to the rest of the system and stuff like that. Um, by the way, I haven't tried the, the software because they have a, a software that comes with the Matrix Brute and I'm sure it allows you for, for some editing and yeah, uh, configuration. Never even, yeah. configuration. I even, I, yeah, I just never got to it really. Uh, but well, I'm I mean, kind of why, why would you? following I mean, it's, what's it's such a hands-on exactly. thing. I mean, you just kind of, I want it to make the sound. Okay, there I am. I, I don't need to worry about all the rest of that stuff necessarily. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I think and, uh, and yeah, go on. Oh, no, sorry, you know, and I was just going to say, just picking up on the point you made is it's kind of just got to work out the box. It's got to, you know, you, when you don't have a lot of time to kind of experiment with stuff like this, it's, um, and we're all working to strict deadlines on various things, these things have just got to work out the box. And that, that was, I think, the thing for me about this was within five minutes, I had multiple voices flying around the place and multiple clocks, and it was really straightforward. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I know, I agree. And I think that's the thing. I mean, that's why, because it was originally supposed to come out a little bit earlier and then there were just a few things that needed tweaking. Um, incidentally, that video that was shot there with Simon Stokes, uh, when he came down, he was working with a bit with a beta that did have a couple of things that were, were quite, it was it was quite a, quite a difficult session just purely because things weren't working quite as well. So it's good. And, we, and I'm, I, for one, I'm sort of pleased that they did sort of go, you know what? We're just going to hold off until it's right and then do it. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Um, it's, an inter it's, it's certainly very, a very interesting piece of software. And it, it, in many ways, you know, all of these things have been available to be done with, um, with Max for Live devices before. I'm trying to remember who it was who they collaborated with because they collaborated with the artists who brought it all together. So it's the idea of just bringing it all into one place and making it uh, work out. Uh, CB Tools, who was it? Is it Skinnerbox? Skinnerbox, that's right. Good was it them, yeah? Yeah, it was, yeah. So, I mean... So, yeah, I, I just think it's, and the thing that's really cool about it is the fact that you can calibrate. So you can, you send it out. Each mm -hmm. of the, the CV instrument has an input and an output and it analyzes the input. So you can send it out and get it to scale uh, your, uh, what your wonky oscillator or your. That, that alone, yeah. that alone is worth, is worth, worth having the yeah. system installed because, you know, when, when, when I work with the Minimoog or the, the MS-10 or the SH, uh, 303 what else have i got uh mini no mini brute has midi um you know you want to basically you have to decide whether you want to play in this range and then set the tuning or if you dare mm -hmm. open the mini moog and and set the tracking or on the um uh what's what's it called the midi inter midi to oh, yeah, CV the interface kenton, the kenton yeah yeah the kenton one or but if you can do it automatically in an automatic process via software which is more accurate and and you can calibrate it before you record that that's amazing 
Yeah, it really, that's really the thing. Amazing. I mean, because you, you can get a much wider range out of things that don't traditionally yeah, absolutely. work absolutely. very well that way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that can't be uh, overestimated. That that's, that's And that, again, you know, that's available in uh, a silent way and in the Motu thing. I can't, I wish I could remember what the Motu thing was. Chat room, do you remember what the Motu uh, software was for, for controlling it? Because it was out years ago. I mean, it's, it's been out for 15 years, probably. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's still out, but yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, uh, well, maybe what I'll do now is uh, quickly just take a quick break and we can uh, have a word from our friends over at Isotope. Then we can do the competition. Presenting Neutron 3, the modern way to mix. Bring your workflow into the 21st century with eight modern mixing tools, all at your fingertips in one Mothership plugin. Starting a mix can take a while, but with the all-new Mix Assistant, Neutron can listen to your audio and quickly suggest a custom starting point for an individual track or set levels for your entire mix. Shape sounds like never before with the new Sculptor module. Match audio to a target sonic profile and instantly sculpt it to sound more like itself or like something else completely. Reach out and touch your audio with Neutron's immersive controls and visualizations. Neutron 3 comes equipped with Visual Mixer, a tool to help you effortlessly manipulate the landscape of your mix. Neutron 3, the modern way to mix. And of course, you can get your uh, hands on this. Uh, just head over to isotope.com and you can download the uh, demo, which is essentially, um, uh, what is it? It's 10 days, usually, their stuff. So, yeah, you should be able to get hold of that. Anyway, we've got a competition. So, uh, this week, uh, we're looking for the hashtag Track Enhance and the hashtag Neutron3. Uh, and it's a Twitter competition, so you just tweet those words. Track Enhance, that's one word, and track uh, and Neutron3, uh, the number three, uh, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And then our supercomputer search algorithm will collect all the entries up and pick a random winner and this week's winner is, or last week's winner or the week before's winner is somebody called rob x loxley uh who has just put one a win mod mixing and so yes robin you have won so congratulations you want to get in touch Thank just you. let us know yeah it's not you is it it's oh, not no i just oh, just good. celebrating on his behalf just oh, yeah, on. Excellent. Phew. <laughs> i'm sure there probably should be some t, t and c's but that's not allowed to happen i, I don't think it ever has fortunately but uh, but yeah no. um i'm moving on quickly again because uh we've also got the, the bitwig thing which we we're Hello, talking about and welcome uh, to which is sonic lab special meta. uh we're very lucky to fast forward this a bit Look, and this is the bitwig version three which has got the green so this if we were trying to deconstruct this a little so uh bitwig three Ever since Bitwig first came out, it was, you know, new DAW on the block is always uh, going to struggle to kind of get some traction. And the Bitwig way was very unique and interesting because it sort of melds clip launching, which is more of an Ableton thing, with the sort of NLE kind of uh, timeline approach. But underneath was always the grid. But they've only now, in version 3, they've actually made this public facing. And it's got uh, something like 154 modules of CV control, all kinds of stuff to build synths, effects, whatnot. And if you've got a DC coupled interface, you can output that stuff as control voltage as well, which is also very cool. So there's an yet another way of doing this. And I know I'm, I'm going to come to you, f uh, actually, that's Yoad, but I'm going to come to you first, Matt, because I know you've been working a little bit in this. And have you, have you got some history with Bitwig or have you just sort of picked it up and thought, I'm going to try this out? Just literally picked it up. I have to admit, I haven't been in the Bitwig world at all, and I've only just just hit it. And 
I think maybe the introduction of the grid was the thing for me that just made me think, right, I need to get into this really. Um, having been someone who worked, who's worked, worked in the modular world for a while, and also with Max for Live, Max MSP, back when I was at university. Um, this really, for me, when I saw what they were doing with this, was kind of like, okay, this is kind of bringing it all together in, in a one-stop shop. Anyone who is now, at, you know, at a young age, wanting to get into an understanding, building their own synthesizers, drum, um, yeah, I suppose you can build your own drum voices and things like that, of course you can and understanding signal flow and envelopes and wave shaping and, and, and scaling and quantizing uh, without having to get into any coding um, or third-party plugins or bringing together two or three different pieces of software to do it, you know, it's all here now. And I just, I was literally playing around with this this morning. I, I did a short video on my Instagram this morning, just a minute or so, just playing around with, with some simple voices and uh, a filter um an envelope and um and then i started i started using the this was really interesting i'm using i was basically combining several um pitch sequences coming into one oscillator and kind of flicking between them using probability and random and that and it was all quantized to the same scale and it was just a really interesting way of coming up with melodies rather than just clicking in and just coming up with a melody it was kind of like setting off multiple things and just hitting play and letting them go and then capturing that and finding interesting bits from that and it's something that i do in the hardware world quite a lot and i was able to do it so quickly um yeah the, the oscillators sound i thought sounded really good there's a swarm oscillator in there as well which is really great um there is yeah there's different kinds of filters quantizers for pitch pitching pitch quantizing um, LFOs, of course, but then you've got data stuff like um, gates and uh, probability, um, and it's all, all synced, but you can actually then introduce an, different clocks and have things running off multiples of different clocks. Um, I, had, I had this rocking. I had so much going on in the screen. I was expecting my computer to start crackling and falling over, but um, it handled it really well. Um, it kind of feels quite lightweight in terms of the processing but it also sounds really really good so uh, i'm really really looking forward to spending some more time with this actually interesting but, uh, in fact it does the cv um the, the cv output as well and sending this out into this world is again it's just like i'm just gonna have an excellent summer i think and, and christmas playing around with all of this a studio tan uh, matt and yeah. um, something that people are asking you have you got a fan on in your room it sounds like there's a piece of cards sort of ticking on one of the uh, on one of the blades <laughs> i don't want to i don't want you to overheat no, yourself but I can turn it off. uh no i don't know i feel i feel bad about that i'm not i'm not down a little bit all right so yeah i mean this you know the, the, these this is a really interesting concept. I mean, they th this version three is all about the grid and the whole concept of this sort of bringing mm -hmm. all the sound design into the front. And it's really starting to blur the lines between the concept. I mean, you get lots of free instruments and whatnot with DAWs generally, but this is a kind of build your own concept at, at, at quite a high level. It's, it's quite fascinating for maybe prototyping and whatnot. And, and that brings me to, to another question. If I was starting today and I was looking for uh, a DAW and you know what would I what would you choose Ableton or Bitwig it seems like they both 
have the same kind of um, um, you know session view and all that and the and the clip launcher in uh, in Bitwig which is amazing and now this plus it, it you know it transmits everything across to the outside world as CV and gates and 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 all that uh, this is definitely something that that opened opens up the you know the 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 guts of of the software and lets you in a, in a similar way to to reactor um uh, but now it's integrated within your host and you don't have to it's not a plug-in it works um it's it's very very interesting again something that you know i work on ableton um but my my main my main platform is is uh, logic and pro tools and cubase actually because uh because i love it uh i do most of my work in logic uh but i do work in ableton um i haven't really dived into bitwig but i think that again it's a matter of time yeah well that's uh, or the free thing time these, really yeah. if if i had time now i would uh i would start a project on bitwig just go in and 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 uh i think it's it's a really nice approach and and that's how things should be you know and and it seems like they've done it in a very slick and you know because in logic you have all those things like the drummer and this and that and and it's just kind of packed excs patches and things like that and you feel that you feel that it's it's not being done um from the ground up if you know what i mean it's just right. a, a a high a very high level kind of packing and presenting it to the user in a simplified way but the way bitwig are doing it is they they really let you go in and and if i can refer to what uh, matt was saying about uh you know being surprised that it it didn't fall apart it didn't fall apart um you know in, in sometimes in a single plugin you have things which are hundreds of times more sophisticated and you run stuff all the time so things like that happen if if you think about any vst synth let alone something like massive x uh, there's so much stuff going inside like uh, flow motion element some of the stuff that that we did th there's so much going on and so many different clocks and things and multiple like polyphonic envelopes and polyphonic lfos and which i have to be summed and divided and there's so much of that stuff going on anyway uh, and the computer is quite capable and if this, if the program is written well it will it will do it easily uh, but yeah that's that's very very interesting and again it brings the the, the two worlds closer together the world mm. of the of the modular environment it's it's not a modular synth it's it's an environment because it's a part of your your whole kind of interface with uh, the, the the program like the, the the running audio recording processing it through stuff really it's really, really yeah one, one thing that's cool because of the way that you can route all these modular i mean I don't know if this is true, but uh, I, I, it's gone past me now in the chat room. But uh, somebody was saying what's really surprising is the whole thing's built in Java, which means it's multi-platform. So when they build the latest version with all the features, it's parity across Windows, OS X, and Linux. I don't know what flavor of Linux. 
and mm-hmm. that that's the other thing that's kind of cool as well the fact that you can just they could build it and it just goes out on parity across everything obviously there are certain limitations with those os's that require you know if certain yeah. plugins won't work on on one won't work on another but there aren't many that do all of that and that's the thing that they've been doing from the very beginning and that it feels like they're really starting to get momentum and these sort of killer features and it's just i think i, I think you're right as well it's like would you you know Again, it's it's what makes you, what would make you jump. What would make you would you do that? I mean, I know for you, Yarrow, it's time because you know you can't you can't necessarily just sort of take a couple of days out or probably way longer to be fair to to, to kind of get to know someone like that. I mean, the same I guess with you, Matt. The thing is though, this is the sort of thing that if this starts to creep into education, then you yeah. you will have to learn it because your students will want to know how to use it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's taken some really big steps, I think, big bit week in the last few years and hats off to them. So we're definitely going to look at introducing it some more. In fact, I was, I've was i been on the phone to them this week. We had a little chat about them coming down to do some um, do some stuff down at BIM and talk about the software. Um, but going back to that idea about making the jump, I mean, I, I was a Logic user through and through for many, many years. And it was only really why I jumped to Ableton was because when I started out going playing live and I wanted to use Ableton just because it offers that, um, that way of using audio in a non-linear way. So playing live for me was, was not about pressing play and, and just pretending you're doing stuff on your laptop, but it was about MIDI integration and um, breaking up the, the song into different parts on the fly. So I spent so long bouncing stuff out of Logic, putting it into Ableton just to go out and play live for me, then I started to just basically produce inside of Ableton. And then when I needed to go out and play live, it was already there and it was all ready for me to start manipulating on the fly and reordering and essentially reworking whenever I wanted to play. And I guess you can do that with, with Bitwig because you've got that you've got that similar sort of clip view um, that Ableton has as well. And now with this in there, I, you know, I mean, I remember Reactor Blocks came out and that really excited me and that, that sits nicely within any DAW. So I guess you've got a lot of this elements in there. Um, but what's well, really great? Yeah, VCV rack as well, of course, you've got, which is... VCV uh, rack, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I was just looking on here is is the ability to bring tracks in from uh, uh, from the arrangement page into, into the grid page here. So you could, for example, sidechain something from another synth or an input or a, a kick drum track within the grid environment as well so um like yoad says this isn't just a modular synth it is it's an environment it's part of the actual program it can be part of the arrangement it can be part of the composition as well as the the um the drums the sounds the timbre and and all those kind of things it it can also be really wicked effects unit as well i mean the 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 lays in here are really great as well and um, I don't know if you know this, but if you've got any VSTs installed, they just they just fit straight into the grid here as well. You can just insert them wherever you like within the within the signal path as well. Yeah. So you can just stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's too I'm, much. I mean, there is an element yeah. of you know, it, it's not maybe it's not for the faint-hearted. It's for the inquiring mind. <laughs> and the, so yeah, I mean, perhaps as a beginner. Presumably you could use it, you know, because I don't know it all that well. But uh, yeah, perhaps we should uh, we should we should pause that. The possibilities are endless, but it's well <laughs> worth checking out. I I don't know what the demo th- situation is on that, but uh, it's probably worth having a look. Um, let's see what other other stuff we've got going on in the. Uh, I I I'm going to go to the uh, the 
Abbey Road thing, and then we go back to uh, just because I was quite curious what you because I'm sure Yoan has some input on this. This is the new hey, waves. I'm Yoni, product manager at Waves Audio. Plugin. In this video, I want to introduce you to the Abbey Road Studio 3 plugin. This plugin brings the control room of Studio 3 to your headphones. It allows you to monitor in both stereo and surround as if you were sitting in the sweet spot of Studio 3, giving you the precise three-dimensional, well-balanced acoustic spatial image on headphones. This way you can produce and mix music on your headphones with more confidence and comfort in a good studio monitoring environment. Right, I, I'm going to summarise here because that's just obviously that's the sort of main marketing thing. But this is a really cool idea because we've seen, you know, convolution reverbs and modelling of spaces, and we've had uh, sort of uh, mic modelling and certain amount of speaker modelling. I don't know if I've come across control room modelling where you've got, you know, you could be listening on the bigs, the mediums, or the near fields, and uh, this works with the NX NX head tracking. So if you've got that on your headphones, the movement information is also thrown in so you get that realism I, I i really like to try this but i'm curious as to I, I'm, I'm guessing you have you tried this yeah i mean how does it how does it translate yeah, obviously i was i was involved with this involved? Uh, okay, right. involved with this project uh we started nx quite a few years back and the the modeling modeling was based on mathematical um, um properties of, of spaces and, and rooms. And now we've actually sampled or measured the, 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 the actual characteristics of the sound coming out of the uh, three sets of speakers at Abbey Road uh, Studio 3. Um, and and it's, it, it really gives you that sensation of um, space, basically. Because for me, mixing on headphones, the, the main thing is the positioning of the tracks. Because when you when you sit in front of speakers, then the left speaker will be here. It will be physically here, and that's what where you'll be hearing the sound from. Uh, but if you wear headphones and you pan it hard left, then you will hear it from here, and that's quite a big difference. And when you try to to mix on headphones, for what I found, uh, and we experimented a lot uh, during the the. The, the process of, of making this product and the original NX um, about the differences of uh, and for me it's mainly the position because you can get the color the coloring right if you know your headphones then you can dial in the the bass drum parameter so it sounds beefy and if you know the the the, the low end well enough it will work so the sound is fine and the balance is kind of okay as well but it's the positioning and this thing just kind of helps you to to, under, to better understand the positioning and the sensation you get when you're in front of speakers rather than just on headphones, which which are very kind of dry and direct. So it gives it a bit, a little bit of life. Um, and yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I wouldn't say that. Basically, you know, you your eyes also play an effect in this process because we receive signals through our vision um, that um, work together with the sound that we're hearing and those minute movements of the head. And that's why we have the head tracker. Because even, even when you think you're not moving, 
you 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 actually your skull moves a tiny bit all the time and that gives you um fresh cues from your environment from the speakers but then it has to kind of sync to what what you're looking at as well so if you're sitting in in an office cubicle or something like that you wouldn't feel like you're in abbey road studio 3 because your eyes won't let you get that maybe if you close your eyes it will be a little a, a lot closer and you really right kind okay because of... you, you're not yeah you're not getting the same I, you, I you know what, what i mean saying. but but what it does do it it, it kind of uh, gives you that sound so if you can really get immersed in in that experience um basically if you want to be negative about it then you can say well it's just a bunch of early reflection added to the sound and some fancy panning you know that that follows you but but there's a lot more to it than that because when you sit when you sit at abbey road in the studio in front of the speakers and you take the headphones and you compare it to the sound of the speakers and you're there it it does sound very very close wow um and and the difference between the three sets of speakers is very is very prominent uh but in a way that really so you know you you would you like reveal things put it, it? Yeah, yeah put it on a, on a biggies and 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 EQ your kick drum and then when you work on the balance maybe maybe you'll put it on the PMC and and monitor uh more quietly and it really gives you that that sensation uh it's something that kind of for me it's something that augments the experience of listening or mixing on headphones um yeah, yeah. i guess for a lot of people that they have to i mean i don't do so much of that I, re I i actually would really like to try this out actually with the nx and see just how how it works because I agree that sort of visual cues are going to make a really big difference. It's interesting. Have you tried any? Because we there have been room simulators and room correction things, which is, I guess they fall in a similar category. It's not quite the same thing. Have you tried any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I've tried quite a lot of the room correction stuff um, in here as well. This is way I put way too much things on the wall to dampen down the frequencies, um, and I'm about to move my my new studio is going to be in what was an old school hall stroke church and it's okay. very open plan yeah it's going to be very reflective well it's going to be very open plan but the walls are quite far away so in terms of the reflections they're going to be very late reflections those that are coming back and they're going to be um, the amplitude of them is going to be quite low but it's still going to be there so it's it's going to be interesting for me because i think i'm going to have to lean to using headphones just for checking well checking reverbs and things like that having said that i'm quite heavy-handed with reverbs for me you can never have too much reverb or, or delay and just <laughs> big fan of that but um i'd certainly like to try this out uh having been in that studio myself a couple of times i just know what an excellent experience it is and and how different it is as an experience when you, your approach to mixing and using your ears it can be so if this is something that can you you can bring it into your room or wherever you are then then certainly i think this is definitely worth a try try out it's just it's crazy though isn't it all this te the technology that they're yeah, in yeah it's bonkers it? well, I, was, I had a question for you ad so you're kind of involved deeply in the technology have you done have you have you done the thing where you've had your own room translated and scanned so that you, when you're maybe in Tel Aviv or, or at home or whatever and you have to check a mix, you can listen to it effectively in your room on headphones. 
so far the the technology um, still requires a lot of um, a lot of measurements a lot of uh, processing to the data a lot of tweaking so it's not something that we can do automatically right. um, we you know we started with Abbey Road Studio 3 um, we you never know where it's going to end um, the other thing I would I would mention though is that is the ability to listen to surround content in your headphones and it's not only that it's the surround it's what you hear from the Nautilus uh, 5.1 and 7.1 setup have in Studio 3 so basically you can sit on the train and watch a movie a film in surround with your headphones so that's wow. that's with the nx system right is that that's with the nx yeah that's uh, yeah and that's that that for me is is a big thing because um yeah, well, we, we've we've been there, haven't we? Everybody spends all this time doing uh, surround mixes, and, and then nobody ever listens to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind no, of like, so it feels like wasted time. Absol- yeah. Absolutely, but there's so much content in surround, so all the films, all the you know, and a lot of music, and and it and it, and it really sounds amazing because with the surround stuff, it's actually easier for you to to get lost in this space because you hear stuff and you kind of. Um, really get the feel of, uh, and obviously you can hear the choppers going from from back to from front to back and all that, uh, which is quite amazing. If you think mm. about it, our ears are we have just two, and still we get surround information from our environment. So basically, all NX does is to mimic that and to send the right information, including. Yeah. Including the, the, and stuff. the, yeah. the reflection, the, the, the structure of your, of your ear. Uh, and and for, for best results, you should do a head measurement uh, and, and feed it to the, uh, to the plug-in so it will better adjust to, to the oh, size really? of your head because that matters as well, yeah. So are there, I mean, I, I'm not familiar with it. So are there profiles for particular headphones? I mean, is there an optimum headphone to use? We, yeah, like the, there's, there's, some, there's some profiles which kind of um, help to the frequency response of certain headphones. Not too many because there are so many modules and, and you can, you, you, you know, you'll be doing it forever. Um, but, but that's not the point. The point is that any phones that you know and that you like will sound the same, but it will just give it a, a sense of space, uh, which you don't get from headphones. That's, that's all it does. Interesting. Does it work with buds as well? Yeah. Mm. I'm, 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 more, I'm more used to, to earbuds because that's what I listen to. That's you know, what I have on my phone, and, and I'm quite used to that. Uh, and I like you know, when, when, it, when it kind of locks and you, and you can really hear the low end and that's the only way mm. that for me personally that i can i have you know we try we have like really good headphones obviously and we we try it on all of them there's something about the 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 headroom and the dynamic range and and all that with big headphones big expensive headphones but there's something about earbuds that is just that kind of that goes straight into your head and 
and and then the for me the the NX does a really a really good job with that because it just how do you do how do you of, use NX with uh, with with earbuds? Do you have to wear a kind of like a, like a, a thing on the top of your head? First of all, uh, <laughs> I suppose. Well, I mean, you can you can still use your webcam because it will work. The thing is that the web- webcam's uh, refresh rate is not sufficient. I mean, it works. It works, and it does. It, there's slight latency which the actual right. uh, Bluetooth device um, solves. Ah, okay. uh, but you don't have to use it the, because the, the, the camera will, will recognize the, the webcam. The algorithm will still use the webcam to recognize your face and, and your movements. It's just oh, the refresh rate that is not as, as quick. I'm going to have to talk to you about getting hold of this for review because I'd really like to experience it. I feel like I'm missing out on the, the latest in this sort of technology. So uh, I think it can be arranged. It can be arranged. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, Gosh, that, that led to an interesting... Uh, so, I mean, the idea of, like I say, the idea of this, I mean, obviously the measurement and whatnot is incredibly... It, it's a bit like doing these sort of beautifully modelled, uh, well, probably way more complex, actually, than doing uh, convolutions of, of, of famous and well-known spaces because you've got all these other factors to throw. So it's, I suppose it's not going to necessarily work. But I suppose this ties in... Uh, we've just got time to maybe tie it in with uh, the new Kemper updates because I think this is really fascinating as well. So... This is the uh, Kemper profiling amplifier, which has now had uh, a load of reverbs added to it because essentially it is a DSP box. So now you can use this for these. I mean, this isn't guitar stuff. This is just presumably just processing other audio through the Kemper profiling amp with ionosphere and format reverbs with the Profiler OS6. And uh, these have been out for a while, but obviously the DSP on board. Oh, that sounds nice. The DSP on board is sufficient to drive some of these amazing algorithms as well. So that's just come out. But I, I, the reason I brought this up is really because it's it, it, it's repurposing the hardware. And uh, those of you perhaps aren't familiar with the original uh, Kemper profiling amplifier, uh, it is essentially a box which uh, you, can, you you create. Uh, convol- I think they're convolution models, so you can convolution, you can sort of, yeah, convolution you can, you can convolution record your broken old amp or your mate's fantastic whatever, and there are loads that are available. And load them in, and that they are that they became the sort of de facto standard. I mean, loads of people in America it went really big. Lots and lots of studios have them because it means they don't have to run all these hot valve amps. They can record them, so uh, and then use them and, and and recreate those sounds on stage. And it's very powerful. So primarily aimed at guitarists, but this is now starting to bring it into the concept of of using it for just outboard dsp you know where you just run it as you uh, you know, i mean you know you've got a, f- a commercial facility do you have something like a kemper in your place i mean it's the sort of thing that's expected of having a commercial facility um no but i do have a virus uh which was made by the same uh <laughs> yes, that's true by the same guy and uh back in the day when it came out i used to use it i used to record guitar through it through the A to D and everything, it just sounded amazing. The delay and the chorus, I used to love it. Um, and the filter. So I used to use it a lot. Um, Kemper is great. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the demo sounds great. I haven't looked at it. I haven't, yeah. I don't really know what it can actually do. It sounds like there's a lot of pitching going on. Um, and all that, but I'm sure whatever he did, it's it's done well. 
because uh, because I I'm mean, I, I, sorry I forgot I forgot his name but uh, but what everything he does is just uh, amazing. Yeah, I know. I would agree with that. I, th I think the interesting fact here is this sort of transition from you know, a traditional guitar processor into just a general processor. I mean, you know, we're, you're a big fan of reverbs and delays and whatnot, and you know, we're getting them in uh, in, in in smaller and smaller bits of hardware. And you know, the, there's the the, the ZDSP, the tip top, which is repurposed all the time. This is just a sort of bigger version of that, but it does all this amazing amp and speaker and cabinet simulation as well, which is quite mm. an interesting concept. And it and it, it's to the level where you know we're talking lots of Nashville studio guitar-based facilities are utilizing them because they can have way more amps in the library than perhaps they would have in their amp room and there's probably sort of the golden fender tweed or, or somebody's fender tweed that everybody goes oh that's great can i kemper it and i could then they could get access it's an interesting idea yeah um there's a couple of there's a couple of foot pedals i've been looking at and i can't remember the names of them but they they essentially allowed you to load on various algorithms based on convolution or profiling Oh man, I'm trying to remember the names of them, but they, these are the things that stick out to me. They're quite small, obviously they're, they're digital based, and you can just load on various various different things. I'm a big fan of of using foot pedals and things like that. I I use Strymon stuff quite a lot for reverbs and and delays and that kind of thing. In the box, I use Altiverb. Big fan of that as well. Um, and also, I've created my own kind of strange convolution stuff using Logic. Uh, space design over the years and i'm sure we've all got a ton of that sort of stuff um but yeah this the the kemper i haven't used just because it's one of those things that i, I know if i go near it i'm probably going to want one and i, I think yeah, they're, 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 they're about 18 they're really quid. good they're really they're good. Yeah. Quid, but they do yeah. they do so yeah, they sound I've heard great. nothing but good stuff about them and um, people just dialing up and profiling amps and some people just booking out and um you know, hiring out different amps and stuff and profiling themselves and capturing it and sharing stuff online. And that, I think that's all, that's really great and that kind of stuff. I, I've, I'm always, again, I like to put my kind of, um, how can you misuse this hat in a way, you know, um, is, I'm not sure how the profiling works on this, but when I used to make my own convolution stuff using space designer in logic, we, you know, we would, we would sample the sound of, um, you know, stuff banging around inside of a washing tumble dryer, that kind of thing. And then using that as a strange kind of reverb, but it's not a reverb. It would it would add different artifacts to the sound and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think I, we, I, we, yeah, I, we reviewed it a long time back. And I remember the process. You stick like a 50, you, you tell it what mic you're using. Yeah. So if you use a 57, for instance, I guess there's probably different models. So it knows roughly what the what, what it's getting. And then you... And I think it spits out some sort of tones and records them back. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I can't yeah. remember, but then there are all these other parameters that you can add to the drive and whatnot. And what it's particularly good for, and people tend to do, is if, because quite often in the guitar world, people have these kind of slightly broken amplifiers that just have a really unique sound and sound great. You know, I remember a friend of ours, he used to have a, one of those Ampeg flip top um, bass amps, and it was broken in a very specific way, and it sounded great. So, you know, you would do that. And th th those are the things that that's the stuff that you can't get anywhere else, you know. And then you've got all these other things that mm -hmm. you can do with it. And I, I can't remember how long it took. I think it's a few minutes. It's not a, it's not an inconsiderate amount of time, inconsiderable uh, amount of time. But I can't um, 
One one thing that has to be said uh, about the difference between um, space designer or any other convolution-based reverb, for instance, and camper or other uh, products that are specifically aimed for, for guitars um, is that when you use convolution, basically it's a filter. So you capture a filter. It could be 20 minutes, 20 seconds long or however long uh, your processing uh, your CPU can handle, but uh, when you when you go and clap in a cave and you record it, what you end up is a, f a filter. Um, and um, sorry, there's someone at the door and no one to answer. No worries. <laughs> um, Mm -hmm. uh, so, so basically, the the filter is a linear process. So, whatever you feed through it, any level or anything, it will, unless you're clipping your converters or anything like that, it will start sound the same. And um, and if you have hiss or if you have distortion in the recording, it won't sound distorted. It would just be the implication of the frequency response, um, the the added harmonics that are caused by clipping or the accumulated um, noise or level of the high frequencies. So basically it's a filter, it's a linear filter. And uh, the technology they use in Camper allows you to also capture the dynamics um, and the non-linear um, properties of the sound. And that's what's unique about that. And that's a, that's a very, different process to just um yeah normal because, well, I, I mean because they say you know the, the thing about the camper is it's very responsive so that that thing when you turn a guitar up you could dig into it and you get more of the drive mm. and the distortion and, and the voicing changes mm -hmm. radically depending on how you exactly how yeah and and this will never this will never happen in in any um space designer for, for instance, yeah, or yeah. Altiverb yeah. or, or all those ones. That whatever you run through it, as long as you're within the range of the, the, the relatively, the, the linear range, although you'll be introducing quantization error, errors if you're playing it really low, but you, the, the, the result will still be linear, meaning that yeah. if, you, if you play it quiet, it will come out as quiet with reverb with a cabinet filter or whatever it is and the, the more you 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 make it louder it will still sound the same until you clip the the d2a's mm, yeah interesting i'm i'm concerned for you uh yeah you may have ordered a synth or a new piece of equipment that is is you've been dying to get yes you don't know it's get probably that. it's probably one of the like 10 Amazon uh, deliveries I get today or something like that. Uh, so yeah, we had more. a couple of those today, actually. New cables yeah. and, uh, well, a new light. I've got a new light today, which is why I'm not quite so green as usual, I think. <laughs> um, gosh, we seem to have got to five o'clock, which is brilliant. And there are at the top. This is not something I was, I'm expecting in uh, summer to be getting to this point and still have some topics to go. But, yeah, the Kemper stuff is very interesting. And the fact that it, I don't know when it came out. It must be getting on for 10 years or certainly eight um, so the the stuff that's in it, the DSP that's in it, is still you know capable of doing all this this great thing, and it's an interesting idea to repurpose the platform because there's a load of other things. And I wonder how much of it, when you're using those big posh reverbs, how much spare DSP there is to, you know, for for doing the other things. Usually, usually the the memory is the problem because the memory is the expensive part. F quick memory is uh, which which is what you need to to for DSP. Uh, um, okay. that's the expensive stuff 
So, and, and that usually the, the amount of, of uh, input response that you can fit. Um, so, ah, okay, I see. Yeah. Well, maybe there's plenty in it because it's expensive. Um, chaps, I'm very um, pleased that uh, we could we could pull this off and get both of you here today and and get enough topics to uh, to do a show. So I'm 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 it's a win-win situation. Um, uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to say uh, check out the Neutron competition if you want to win Neutron. Uh, isotope Neutron, we're looking for the hashtag track enhance, that's one word in the hashtag Neutron3, that's the number three to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. And that's for a copy of Neutron3 Advance, so you get, you know, the good stuff. So uh, do check that out. And um, that's kind of it for this week. I want to say thank you. Yo, it's so, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I'm, I'm just worried for you now, there's going to be, we tried to call and it's going to be that thing that you really, really need. Maybe it's a container for all of those old cables that, or your cable tidy that you're Perhaps. looking for. Perhaps. <laughs> we'll, ne we'll never know. Well, maybe you can surprise <laughs> us next time. We can, we can have yeah. an unboxing of a, of, a, of a box, maybe, something like that. <laughs> anyway, Yoan, it's been lovely to have you. Yoannavy.com, uh, uh, do check pleasure. out uh, stuff. And thanks for your input on all of the interesting uh, DSP topics as well. And also, Mr. Matt Hodson, uh, you're probably prepping for your live stream, which is going to go live in what, yeah. a couple uh, of hours, right? Hours. Yeah, on my YouTube channel, if, you want, if anyone wants to hang out, 7 o'clock, I'll be going through this special update on the Percussor SSP using CV tools from Ableton on it. So, yeah, join in, um, get involved, a bit of learning, that kind of thing, before Excellent. I totally dismantle the studio and have to move. Ah, well, I, I, I feel for you there, but I suppose at least it's summer and you might have a bit of time, assuming you don't yeah. find any, any nasties that you then have to kind of do it. You, you know how it is in a new building, don't you? Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I understand all of that. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah. for having us. You're welcome. Okay, well, I guess we can we can wave off and say goodbye. Oh, by the way, um, latest version with or we've released a volume one of Friday Funds. Uh, thought uh, there were lots of people asking for that, so you can check that out over on our Sonic Lab Bandcamp account if that's something that uh, floats your boat. In the meantime, we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for watching, everybody. See you later. Bye.